You say, in the name of Jesus, I'm not going by what I see. I go by what the Word of God says. There's more than just this physical realm. There's also a spiritual realm. I don't care what this looks like. I know what God's Word says. I was told that my life would be one of pain and isolation and that freedom wasn't even to be hoped for. I was told I was always going to be in a wheelchair. I was given three months to live before total heart failure. Hi, I'm Julianne Hartman from Los Angeles, California, and I was told that I would never recover from fibromyalgia. I was in and out of emergency rooms and spent over $300,000 searching for a cure to no avail. I was just about to give up when I discovered Andrew Womack on television. And Andrew showed me for the first time that by the stripes of Jesus, I was already healed. In a matter of weeks, I received my healing after listening to all of the teachings made available online. And today, 10 years later, I'm still walking in my healing and I'm not alone. I was healed of fibromyalgia and environmental illness. I was healed of Lyme disease. I was healed of lupus and heart failure. Because people like you partnered with Andrew Womack Ministries, we've all been given our lives back. We cannot thank you enough for your generosity, but there are still millions more out there seeking the truth that set us free. Will you help us bring this message to them? You can reach people like me who are trapped in their home and not aware of the fullness of what the gospel says that we can be free from everything the enemy tried to put on us. I would not be here if it wasn't for this ministry, and I just really encourage you to become a partner today. Why wouldn't you want to partner with Andrew Womack Ministries? Become a partner today. To help us set more people free, become a partner by visiting awmi.net slash give or call our helpline at 719-635-1111. We'd love to have you join us today. Welcome to Gospel Truth with Andrew Womack, a teaching ministry that focuses on God's unconditional love and grace. See, this is the attitude of a steward. I'm just giving back to you a portion of what you've given me. When you start giving, it starts a supernatural flow towards you of God's ability. God will bless you more than you deserve. God will bless you and make things work better than they ever could have. And now, here's Andrew. Welcome to our Friday's broadcast of the Gospel Truth. This is the end of my fourth week teaching on the subject of finances. Actually, I've entitled this Financial Stewardship, and I have just been saying this from every angle I can possibly think of about you are a steward of God's resources. It's not yours. Your talents, your abilities all came from God. The money that, per that comes from anything that you do is actually a gift from God. It is His. You are stewarding His money. And I'm giving this book away to you. Uh, this, you can either get the book, the CDs, or the DVDs as our gift. And this is, like I said, the fourth week that I've been saying these things. Next week, I'm going to start talking about the tithe. There's been a lot of misunderstanding about this, and uh, you can totally void the benefit or the return on your giving if you give with the wrong motivation. So I'm going to be talking about that. And then we're also going to be talking about partnership because there are special blessings that go on people who partner with a ministry or with the church. And uh, so we're going to be talking about these things. But I have just been trying to get across that the attitude in your giving 
is all important. And a verse that I've used over and over and over, I hate to keep using the same verse, but I just can't express it any better than what this says, and that's 1 Corinthians and chapter 13 and verse 3. It says, And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned and have not charity, it profiteth me nothing. Charity is the old uh, King James word for God's kind of love. So if you give and even make the sacrifice of offering your own life in substitute for somebody else, and if you're doing it motivated by something other than love, it profits you nothing. You know, we've got people today that are suicide bombers, and they're told that if they, you know, sacrifice their life, that it gets them entrance into heaven and 70 virgins or, you know, whatever the situation is. That's not God's kind of love. They aren't doing this. They aren't giving their body up because they love the people that they're killing. Or They're doing it because they've been deceived into thinking that somehow or another they will get a place in heaven with 70 virgins. That's not God's kind of love, and it profits them nothing. The attitude behind your gift is more important than your gift. So let me just point out some things here. I, I can't go to a scripture and just show you these things, but through studying the scripture, I've come up with different motivations for giving. So one of those motivations is that if you see your brother or sister in need, and if you shut up your bowels of compassion from them, how dwelleth the love of God in you? That's James chapter 2. And so one of the motivations to give is when you see a person in need, compassion giving. You see a need and you just love, you feel God's love going through you for that person, and so you give out of compassion. That is one reason to give. Another reason to give is because you are promoting the gospel. As it says in Romans chapter 10, how can they hear unless they have a preacher. How can they preach except they be sent? So then faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. So another motivation for giving is, is, is not just pure compassion, like you see somebody and you're compassionate or sympathetic towards them, but you just, the love of God. God so loved the world, and He put this love in your heart, and you are just giving so that people can hear the gospel. You're preaching the gospel. Another motivation for giving is what I call benevolence giving. And it's not always compassionate or something, but you're just helping people in need. Let me, let me make some points here. If the only motivation that you ever had for giving was just to preach the gospel, just to get the gospel out, well, there are so many scriptures that talk about that when you give to the poor, you are lending to the Lord. And that's not necessarily to get the gospel out. That's just meeting the physical needs. If you see somebody that's been through a hurricane, if you see somebody who's been devastated by a sickness and you just have compassion and you want to give. See, if, if the only motivation was giving, for giving was to get the gospel out, then there's poor, there's people that are in critical situations, uh, there's people, I don't know, just all kinds of things that would go undone. So there, there is a place for you just giving out of benevolence. Let me say it this way, that a lot of ministers, a lot of missionaries, 
THEIR GIFTING IS REALLY NOT RAISING MONEY. IT'S NOT MINISTERING TO THE BODY OF CHRIST. THEIR GIFTING IS JUST TO BE OUT THERE ON THE FRONT LINES. THEY ARE EVANGELISTS. THEY SHINE WHEN THEY ARE TALKING TO PEOPLE WHO DON'T UNDERSTAND THE GOSPEL. PEOPLE THAT... YOU KNOW, THIS ISN'T MY GIFTING. I AM A TEACHER AND GOD HAS GIVEN ME TO THE BODY OF CHRIST AND THAT IS MY FOCUS. NOW, WE SEE A LOT OF PEOPLE BORN AGAIN, BUT BEING BORN AGAIN IS NOT THE FOCUS OF MY MINISTRY. MY MINISTRY IS MINISTERING TO PEOPLE WHO ALREADY ARE BORN AGAIN, BUT THEY DON'T UNDERSTAND WHAT THEY'VE GOT, SO THEY AREN'T LIVING UP TO THEIR FULL POTENTIAL AND THEY AREN'T BEING THE WITNESS THAT THEY SHOULD BE. SO I SEE A LOT OF PEOPLE BORN AGAIN, SOME DIRECTLY THROUGH MY MINISTRY, BUT MANY THROUGH THE PEOPLE I MINISTER TO, AS THEY BEGIN TO START PROSPERING, THEY GO OUT AND THEY LEAD OTHER PEOPLE TO THE LORD. LIKE I WAS JUST IN um, MICHIGAN AND I MET WITH SOME OF OUR BIBLE COLLEGE STUDENTS UP THERE IN GRAND RAPIDS AND THERE WAS A GROUP OF THEM THAT WERE DOING OUR HEALING UNIVERSITY AND THEY GET TOGETHER ON A CERTAIN NIGHT OF THE WEEK AND THEY JUST STUDY THIS THING. AND SO RIGHT AT THE END OF THEIR SESSION AS THEY WERE GETTING THROUGH, SOMEBODY CAME IN AND SAID THAT A MOTORCYCLIST HAD JUST HIT A DEER ON HIS MOTORCYCLE AND uh, THAT HE WAS IN BAD SHAPE. SO EVERYBODY THAT WAS IN THIS HEALING UNIVERSITY, I MINISTERED TO THEM. I WAS TEACHING THEM ABOUT HOW GOD WANTS US TO BE WELL AND HOW HE GAVE US THIS AUTHORITY. THEY RAN OUT AND THIS GUY THAT HAD HIT THE DEER WAS DEAD. AND THEY JUST HAD TOTAL PEACE. THEY STARTED PRAISING GOD AND PRAYING. AND WITHIN A FEW MOMENTS, THIS MAN STOOD UP AND WALKED OVER TO THE AMBULANCE. BY THE TIME THE AMBULANCE GOT THERE, HE WAS ABLE TO WALK OVER TO THE AMBULANCE. HE WAS RAISED FROM THE DEAD. NOW SEE, AND I GUARANTEE YOU, THAT IS GOING TO BE USED TO LEAD A LOT OF PEOPLE TO THE LORD TO REVEAL THINGS. SO THERE'S PEOPLE THAT GET BORN AGAIN. I CERTAINLY AM FOR PEOPLE BEING BORN AGAIN. BUT MY FOCUS ISN'T THAT. MY FOCUS IS TO THE BODY OF CHRIST TO TEACH PEOPLE WHAT THEY HAVE, AND THEN THEY IN TURN GO OUT AND SEE PEOPLE BORN AGAIN. A SHEPHERD DOESN'T HAVE SHEEP. IT'S THE SHEEP HE MINISTERS TO AND TENDS THAT HAVE THE SHEEP. WE'VE CHANGED THINGS AROUND TO WHERE SOMEHOW OR ANOTHER WE WANT THE PASTOR OF THE CHURCH TO BE THE ONE THAT LEADS EVERYBODY TO THE LORD. THE PASTOR SHOULD BE FEEDING THE BODY OF CHRIST SO THAT THE BODY OF CHRIST ON THEIR JOB, IN THEIR FAMILIES, IN THEIR NEIGHBORHOOD, IN THEIR SCHOOLS COULD GO OUT AND BE LEADING PEOPLE TO THE LORD. SO ANYWAY, MY POINT IS THAT I'VE GOT A MINISTRY TO THE BODY OF CHRIST. THERE ARE SOME PEOPLE THAT ARE JUST THESE RADICAL TYPE OF EVANGELIST THAT THEY FLOURISH WHEN THEY GO INTO A SITUATION WHERE THERE'S NOTHING BUT UNBELIEVERS THERE. AND THAT'S WHEN THEY SHINE. AND THEY JUST HAVE AN ABILITY TO MINISTER TO UNBELIEVERS IN A WAY THAT I DON'T. I HAVE AN ABILITY TO MINISTER TO BELIEVERS IN A WAY THAT THEY DON'T. AND SO YOU TAKE SOME OF THESE MISSIONARIES THAT THEIR REAL ANOINTING IS TO BE OUT THERE IN THE BACKWOODS OR IN THE JUNGLES AND MINISTERING IN THESE TERRIBLE, LIFE-THREATENING SITUATIONS. THAT'S WHERE THEY'RE ANOINTED. THAT'S WHERE THEY SHINE. BUT THE WAY THAT WE'VE SET UP GIVING IN THE BODY OF CHRIST, THOSE PEOPLE BASICALLY HAVE TO COME BACK TO THE STATES AND TRAVEL TO CHURCHES AND EXPOSE THEIR MINISTRY AND RAISE FUNDS SO THAT THEY CAN GO OUT BECAUSE THE PEOPLE THAT THEY'RE MINISTERING TO DON'T HAVE ENOUGH MONEY TO BE ABLE TO FUND THAT MINISTRY. SO WE ACTUALLY PUT THESE MISSIONARIES, THESE uh, RADICAL TYPE OF EVANGELISTS, WE PUT THEM AT A DISADVANTAGE BECAUSE THEY COME BACK HERE AND WE AREN'T SEEING THEM IN THEIR ELEMENT. WE AREN'T SEEING THEM UNDER THEIR ANOINTING. DID YOU KNOW THAT THE CHURCH SHOULD JUST BE FUNDING THINGS LIKE THAT WITHOUT HAVING TO HAVE THOSE PEOPLE COME BACK AND RAISE FUNDS THE WAY WE DO.
But we, most people are only conditioned to give when they see the need. They are, most Christians actually give out of this compassion, this pity, this sympathy and mercy motivation. And there is a place for that. Again, I refer to James. He said, if you see your brother or sister in need and shut up your bowels of compassion, how dwelleth the love of God in you? That is a motivation for giving. But it's an emotional thing. And you can touch people on an emotional level. You can tell us a, a really terrible story about somebody suffering and make people... You can touch their emotions and they give out of emotions. And I'm not saying that that's wrong, but it's wrong if that's the only way you give. And sad to say, I think that that is the dominant way that most people give. They only give where they're begged. They only give where they see the need. They only give where they're somehow or another touched in this, you know, heart string of compassion is strung. And then that's when they give. But the Bible teaches that, man, you are supposed to get... Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 16 that every man should lay by in store as the Lord has prospered him on the first day of the week so that there be no gatherings when I come. In other words, on a weekly basis, you're supposed to take the money that comes to you and you're supposed to take the first fruits, not the leftover fruits, but the first fruits. And you are supposed to give that to the Lord. I've mentioned this before, but Jamie and I, we just give 25% off the gross. Everything that comes in, we put that in a give account and we give sometimes much more than that. Last year, I gave over 100% of my income but I'm saying that we always give a minimum of 25%. And then we give when we are compassionate towards people, when people have a need. We give for all kinds of different reasons, but we give that minimum amount. And I'm telling you, you need to have these different motivations for giving understood that you are compassionate. You give when you see a person in need. You give benevolence when there is no benefit back to you. You aren't ever going to have that person come thank you. You give to support orphanages. You give to support people that are dealing with kids involved in the sex trafficking and the drug dealers. Uh, you give not to them, but to the people who are ministering to them. So you need those different motivations, and you also need to give just regularly to the gospel, to the funding of the gospel. And see, if we understood this, uh, here's another motivation that I didn't mention, but 1 Corinthians chapter 9 says that if a man sows to you spiritual things, he's supposed to be able to reap your carnal things. So here's another motivation for giving. You give where you're fed. And this is radical to most people. You know, there's people watching this program, and please don't misunderstand what I'm saying. I'm just trying to illustrate these truths. I'm not asking you, trying to put a guilt trip on you or anything like that. But there's people who watch this program and you've been watching my program for months or for years. God has touched you. God has sown into your life. It's, it's made a big impact on you and yet you have never given to me. Again, I'm not saying this so that you would give to me. I'm just saying it to point out that you know what? You aren't giving where you're fed. There are some of you that go to a church and that church is dead, dead, dead. They are doing things that are completely opposite Scripture and yet you go there because you got a loved one or something that goes there and you're going to keep peace or you're going because your grandma's name is engraved on a pew or whatever your reason is. But you go to these dead churches and you put your money into there. 
thinking that somehow or another that's the proper thing to do. I think that one of the dominant motivations for giving is you give where you're fed. If a person sows to you spiritual things, then you should give to them financial things. You don't eat at McDonald's and then go across the street and pay pay Wendy's. You pay where you get your food from. You give where you're fed. And yet I can guarantee you the average Christian gives where they're begged, they give where they get touched emotionally and they feel this sympathy and pity towards people. They give out of a sense of obligation that I've got to do something to deal with this situation and so we give out of debt and out of obligation. But do you give where you're fed? You know, I watch people on... I don't watch a lot of television, but sometimes I'll watch ministers on television. I'll watch Christian TV. Sometimes I listen to Christian radio. And I've had people that have actually said bad things about me, have called my name and have have called me a cult or something like that. And yet I listen to them and God uses them and speaks to me and does something in my life through these people. And I'll send them five bucks or ten bucks or something like that. I'm not going to sit there and just put everything into a ministry that I 100% disagree with. But I mean, if God uses somebody to speak into my life, I'm going to give something. I give where I'm fed. And this has some negative things to go along with it. My wife criticizes me over this because I'll hear a person, I'll send them five or ten bucks, and then for a year or two, we'll get their monthly newsletter asking for more, and she wants me to quit doing it. But I just have this thing that I give where I'm fed. And I do that for many reasons, but one of them is if I want God to supply my needs, then the way He does it is people give where they're fed. And I reap what I've sown, the same measure that I meet with all, it's given back unto me, Luke 6, 38. And if I'm listening to other people and receiving from them, but I don't give to them, well, then it's going to turn out that people will listen to me and not give to me. But see, that's not the way it should be. You should give where you're fed. And again, I'm not saying this for my benefit, but I'm just saying that there are many of you. I talk to people all of the time. At my meetings, I just had recently, within the last uh, few days, I was in Michigan, and I had a number of people come up to me and tell me about how their, their life was totally changed. They were healed of incurable diseases. Their marriages were put back together. Their relationship with God has just come alive, and on and on it goes. And I heard all kinds of great testimonies And yet I'll often ask those people, I said, so have you ever written in? Have you ever contacted us before? And they'll say, no. They've received, but they've never given. That's not the way that God set the kingdom up. Over in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, Paul was talking about God ordained that those who preach the gospel should live of the gospel. And he used an example in the Old Testament of the oxen treading out the corn. You couldn't muzzle it. You had to let that ox eat as much of the corn as he wanted. And he says, did God give that command for the oxen's sake or was it for our sake? No, it was for our sake so that when a person is preaching the gospel, they should live of the gospel. They should reap what they sow. And yet, very few people do it that way. You know, I don't know the exact number of people that are watching this program right now, but we have the potential of reaching between 3 and 4 billion people on this planet. Over half the world's population could watch this program. I don't know how many watch, but I know that like in the month of June, we had 56,000 
calls. That's not including all the other things. We had close, we had over 80,000 people contact us in the month of June alone. And uh, I've done the Arbitron ratings. For those of you who don't know, that's how they rate the people that are watching television and things like this. And most Christian networks or Christian television stations don't even rate 1% of the people watching actually responding. And so I, I don't know for sure, but if you just, let's just say that 10% of the people who actually watched this program contacted us. Well, then in the month of June, when we had 80,000 plus contacts, that means that we had over 800,000 people that actually got touched through this ministry. And that's not including our website, which has over a million downloads to it per month. But just taking the people that contacted us and asked for materials or something like that, 80,000 people, if that was only 10% of the of the people that were actually watching, that would be 800,000. And according to these other stats that I've seen, which again is a guess, they say it's closer to only 1% of the people who actually watch ever respond. So that would be 8 million people that I was reaching in the month of June. And yet only 80,000 people contacted us. If those people received anything and if they just gave where they were fed, did you know if they gave $1, that would be, if it was only 1% of the people who received contacted us, then that would mean that that would be the equivalent of $8 million in income if every person who received something just gave something. If they gave five bucks, it would be, what would that be, $40 million? My point is that I can guarantee you I'm ministering to many more people than ever respond because they only give where they're begged they only give where they are somehow or another coerced into it. They see a need and they try and meet that need. They have something shared that touches them emotionally and they give emotionally, but they don't give where they're fed, which is what the Lord said to do. See, there's different motivations for giving. And I think that giving where you're fed is probably the number one motivation for your giving. And yet the body of Christ hasn't been taught this. It's easier to just present the need. And you'll hear so many pastors get up and they present the need and say, boy, we're in trouble. We're going to have to close the doors. You'll hear an evangelist come and say, you know, if you don't give, I may not be able to get out of town. And that's how they motivate people is through their need. And it, and it is true that if you see your brother or sister in need and if you don't give, something's wrong with you. But that should not be the dominant reason to give. You ought to give where you're fed. See, these are heart attitudes that I'm dealing with. And this is what I've been talking about all of this time for four weeks as we've been going through this teaching is talking about that your heart needs to get to where you are not in this for yourself. You are in it to be a blessing. But God knows that you also have needs, so He will not only give you seed to sow, but He will give you bread to eat. And it's just as simple as just saying, God, here's seed and bread. What do you want me to do? And he says, well, this is seed. So you sow that. This is bread. So you eat that. Just ask God, is this for me? Is this for me to meet my needs or is this for me to sow? And remember, you're a steward. So it's not up to you. You do what God tells you to do. And the very first thing he tells you to do 
THE FIRST FRUITS. IT SAYS IN PROVERBS THAT THE FIRST FRUITS BELONG TO THE LORD. NOT THE LEFTOVER FRUITS. NOT AFTER YOU'VE PAID ALL OF YOUR THINGS, AFTER YOU'VE GOT ALL OF YOUR NEEDS AND WANTS AND and DESIRES DONE, BUT THE FIRST FRUITS, YOU GIVE IT TO GOD. SO IF YOU ARE REALLY A STEWARD, THE VERY FIRST THING YOU DO IS TAKE A PORTION OF THAT MONEY THAT YOU'VE GOT AND YOU SET IT ASIDE, AND THIS IS FOR GOD, AND THIS IS FOR ME TO BE ABLE TO BE A BLESSING TO OTHER PEOPLE. THIS IS FOR ME TO ABOUND UNTO EVERY GOOD WORK. AND THAT'S THE VERY FIRST THING THAT YOU DO. AND THEN GOD WILL JUST ENABLE YOU TO BE ABLE TO BE A BLESSING TO OTHER PEOPLE. SO THIS IS WHAT I'VE BEEN TALKING ABOUT FOR FOUR WEEKS, IS THIS ATTITUDE OF BEING A STEWARD AND RECOGNIZING THAT GOD HAS ENABLED YOU TO PROSPER NOT JUST SO THAT YOU CAN GET YOUR NEEDS MET. THAT'S ACTUALLY A byproduct. THAT'S A SECONDARY THING. THE REASON YOU WANT TO PROSPER IS SO THAT YOU CAN BE A BLESSING, SO THAT YOU CAN ESTABLISH THE KINGDOM. YOU KNOW, THERE ARE SOME PEOPLE THAT HAVE A GIFT OF GIVING. THAT'S LISTED OVER IN ROMANS CHAPTER 12. AND A PERSON WITH THE GIFT OF GIVING, YOU HAVE AN ANOINTING ON YOU TO MAKE MONEY SO THAT YOU CAN BE A GIVER, SO THAT YOU CAN FUND THE GOSPEL. THAT'S A SPIRITUAL GIFT, JUST THE SAME AS BEING A PASTOR, BEING A TEACHER, BEING AN EVANGELIST, A MISSIONARY, WHATEVER. IT'S A SPIRITUAL GIFT LISTED IN ROMANS CHAPTER 12. AND THERE ARE SOME OF YOU THAT GOD HAS RAISED YOU UP AND GOD HAS GIVEN YOU TALENTS AND ABILITIES AND HE IS PROSPERING YOU SO THAT YOU CAN BE A GIVER. IT'S A SUPERNATURAL CALLING. YOUR JOB MAY BE WHERE THE MONEY COMES FROM, YOUR BUSINESS THAT YOU OWN, BUT THE REAL GIFTING IS YOU ARE RAISED UP TO BE A GIVER. AND MAN, YOU NEED TO START FULFILLING THAT CALL THAT'S ON YOUR LIFE. I'M GOING TO CONTINUE THIS TEACHING NEXT WEEK AND WE'RE GOING TO BE TALKING ABOUT THE TITHE AND SHARING SOME RADICAL THINGS TO SAY ABOUT THE TITHE. BUT THIS BOOK ON FINANCIAL STEWARDSHIP IS MY GIFT TO YOU. IF YOU'LL CALL US OR WRITE US, WE'LL ask, we'll GIVE THIS TO YOU AS MY GIFT. ALSO A CD OR A DVD SET IF YOU WOULD RATHER HAVE THOSE. LISTEN TO OUR ANNOUNCER AS HE GIVES YOU ALL THIS INFORMATION. WE ALSO HAVE A PACKAGE THAT WE'RE MAKING AVAILABLE AND IF YOU'LL LISTEN, HE'LL TELL YOU HOW YOU CAN GET IT AND PLEASE CALL OR WRITE TODAY. Andrew is offering his complete teaching on financial stewardship in your choice of either a book, CD album, or DVD album as his free gift to you today. Go to awmi.net to order your free product today. This offer is limited to one free product per household and is only available in the US, UK, Canada, and Australia. This teaching is also available as a companion study guide for a gift of any amount when you contact us. Or you can get these valuable resources in the Financial Stewardship Package. This package includes the Financial Stewardship Book, Study Guide, and your choice of either the CD or DVD album, as well as the Financial Breakthroughs DVD. This package has a catalog value of $115, but you can get it today for only $80. This entire series is also available for audio download absolutely free from our website. Go to awmi.net to see all the ways you can get these products. You can become a Grace Partner or order resources through our website at awmi.net or you can call our helpline at 719-635-1111. We're pleased to announce our helpline is now open seven days a week, Monday through Friday, 24 hours a day, 
and Saturday and Sunday from 7.30 a.m. to 6 p.m. To write us, use the address on your screen. Sometimes a gift. Once upon a time, many years ago, in the ancient land of Persia, can change your life forever. 